Right now at Safeway, shop the big BOGO sale and get all your favorite cleaning essentials. Buy one, get one 50% off. Head into Safeway and shop for select items like Febreze air fresheners, Airwick scented oil refills, Glade three-wick candles, Mr. Clean antibacterial cleaner, Method all-purpose cleaner, or soft scrub cleanser. And get them buy one, get one 50% off. Offer expires November 28th. Restrictions apply. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for full offer details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Father, thank you for these great, world-changing, incredible leaders. I thank you for their life. I thank you for everything you've called and ordained for them to do. I thank you that as they lead as pastors and executives and business owners and, and their various facets, I pray um, that tonight they'd be empowered, they'd be inspired, they'd be equipped to be the best version of themselves. They're evolutionary leaders, which means they're not stuck in who they were. They're evolving in who it is that you have ordained and called for them to be. And we thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. One other thing, or two other things, real quick before I get into the talk tonight. Don't forget uh, also um, to get our app. If you don't have the Harvest Mobile app, you've got to get it. So much empowering things for you there. And I encourage you, leader, uh, if, I, if you're part of the fellowship and I am your bishop, I trust you're doing this. Um, if you're drawn to Harvest, you're drawn to me, I encourage you to do this. Make sure you're fed. It is very difficult to feed people if you have no food. Got it? You cannot feed people uh, what you do not have. And so I think it's so important that you stay fed. This is a principle I practice. My, my late bishop, it is something that I still do. I still uh, feast on the word and make sure that I'm fed. Because if you're out trying to lead people and trying to give people guidance and direction, and feed people, but you're not fed yourself, uh, what ends up happening to you uh, is that you will end up, uh, you know, basically malnourished, starving. And this is why you hear a lot of leaders say they're burnt out. It's not that they're burnt out. Watch this, leader. You're underfed. And whenever you are underfed, you will always tire quickly because you do not have the uh, resources necessary to have the energy, the stamina, the focus to be able to continue. You know, it's like that TV commercial with Snickers where it says, you're not yourself when you're hungry. Well, that's not just in the realm of natural food. That Think of it spiritually, too. The Bible calls God's word the bread of life. So if you are not, so it, it parallels it to food. So if you're not feeding yourself spiritually, and that's why in our Harvest app we've got messages, music, and more, because if you're not feeding yourself, what's going to happen is you will make the false statement that you're burnt out. And it's not that you're burnt out, you're just underfed. And like that Snickers commercial says, you're not yourself when you're hungry. So what happens is you'll like passion, but you don't like passion because you're burnt out. You, don't like, you knew the people were difficult to deal with when you started the job. So it's not that the people are that difficult. The issue is, is that you do not have the strength. You don't have the stamina. You don't have the focus. And where does all of that come from naturally? Naturally, all of that comes from, all of that, uh, comes from the, uh, uh, the, um, uh, what we eat. And so I want to encourage you, if you don't have that Harvest Mobile app, to get it. Get it, get it, get it. Because when you get it, 
It is certainly going to give you the ability um, to make sure that you're a strong leader as you're feeding other people, all right? So listen, I'm going to hop into our leadership talk tonight. Again, to all of our fellowship pastors, welcome, love you as your bishop. Uh, I speak great strength into you. We pray for you all the time. We speak that you're metron. That's the Greek word for your level of influence that it would increase everywhere you go and everything that you're doing. And, uh, and the same favor that's upon your bishop uh, would be upon you. And we thank you for that. And if you're not part of the Harvest Fellowship of Churches, we invite you to get in where you fit in. We'd love for you to do that. When you text HFC to 59769, the new original text you got back gave you a link if you're interested in joining and connecting with us and being part of the Great Harvest Fellowship of Churches. It is our endeavor uh, to equip churches to empower churches, rather, uh, to uh, uh, change the region that they're in so we can seize the harvest. That's what we're about. I'm a results-oriented man. A lot of talk doesn't mean much to me. Walk does. And I know you're a person of action, and that's why you're on this call. Some of you, you're on the East Coast. It's 940 your time. Some of you, it's 8, uh, 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 840. Some of you, if you're in mountain time, it's 740. Uh, Pacific time, it's 640. If you're around the world, who knows what time it is. So I know you're a person that's about action because you took the time to hop on this call. And so I know you're the type of person that wants to see some results in your life, and so that's what we're excited about. I want to talk tonight from a, this leadership uh, principle, this leadership principle of the distinguished leader. I want, uh, that's, that's it, the distinguished leader. Uh, I want to use uh, Daniel chapter 6, which is very familiar, and I want to take some leadership principles um, that are going to be very important for you as you're walking out leadership, whether it's in your church, your business, your family, whatever it is, I want to give you these principles. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. So these are essentially uh, uh, middle-level managers, middle-level managers, if you were to think of it in a corporate structure. So these are your managers. And over these three governors, so these would be, again, in a corporate structure, these are going to be uh, individuals that would be in your C-suite, perhaps even, you know, your chief executive this, your chief operations this, your chief financial this, and so. Uh, this would be a tantamount to that. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. So Daniel is one of these three uh, that is a go uh, governor's, over the satraps, okay? If we were to look at it in an American government, uh, he's like, uh, you know, and again, this is a king versus the democracy. We're looking at American government. Uh, Daniel is one of the president's uh, top officials to ensure that the government suffering no loss, if we were to make it tantamount to American government. Verse 3, then this Daniel, Daniel, whose name in Hebrew, by the way, it means uh, God is his judge which means everything Daniel does, embedded in his name, is his, is, his, is his nature. I'm going to say it again. Embedded in his name is his nature. So everything that Daniel does, his name is actually giving us a signal for why he does it, just like your name. And if you're a leader who doesn't know what your name means, as soon as you get off this call, get on Google. Don't do it now so you can listen. As soon as you stop listening to this podcast, get off and then go on to Google, you need to find out what your name means. Now, you've got to do a research. You can't just look at the first response on Google. Everything on the Internet's not true just because it's printed, all right? Or, or not printed, but because it's there. It's not true. You need to know what your name means. Embedded in your name is your nature. For example, my name, and this is literally what it means, my first name uh, uh, means good-looking. That, now, that's just what it means. Don't y'all start now with me. That's just what it means. That's what my first name means. 
Uh, my middle name means close to God. My last name means overseer. So here's what my name means, a good-looking overseer who's close to God. Now, literally, I, I hope you don't hear that with any pretense because that's not my heart at all. That's literally what my name means. If you Google it, you'll see the same thing. So embedded in my name is my nature. So it's amazing. What am I, an overseer that, that, that's striving every day to be closer to the Lord and Hey, you know, you know, you know. I think I look good, look all right, all right. So, in all of that, embedded in your name is your nature. So you need to know what your name means when you're a leader because your nature is embedded, as well as the nature of the people around you. I always, before I hire anyone, before, uh, and this has been a practice of mine for years, as both a pastor uh, as a, and a chief executive since I started my first business when I was twelve. I research the names of people before I hire them or before I associate with them because I want to know what's in their nature because embedded in someone's name is their nature. So Daniel's name, that's a, that's a whole message right there. If you're a preacher, you just got a message for Wednesday night. Then this Daniel distinguished himself. God is my judge. That's what his name means. Distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. He distinguished himself. And if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, Write this down. He distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, above everybody, all of the government that's in place, because an excellent spirit was in him. So this lets us know that excellence is a spirit. Spirit in Scripture, uh, uh, in the Greek of the New Testament, is pneuma. In the Hebrew of the Old Testament, it's ruach. In both of the most rudimentary forms, the word spirit means mindset. Because an excellent mindset was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor is there any error or fault found in him. So because he's distinguished, and he's distinguished because he's excellent, they start to fault find, but they can't find anything wrong. Because when you're a person of excellence, even your imperfections outdo other people's excellence. I'm going to say it again. When you're a person of excellence, even your average will be better than most people's excellence. All right? So this Daniel, verse 28 of Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 6. So this Daniel, why does he keep saying this? This is significant because it's suggesting that this Daniel could be anybody. Put your name there. This Steve, this Julie, this Leslie prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So when we look at this, uh, 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 the word distinguished, says this Daniel distinguished himself, it means he had an air of distinction or it's made conspicuous by excellence. In other words, distinguished means that it can be clearly seen and what makes it clearly seen is that it's excellent. So when the word distinguished is used, you remember this from years ago, there was a movie called The Distinguished Gentleman. I believe it had Eddie Murphy in it, I think, uh, and I think I'm probably getting that wrong, but The Distinguished Gentleman. And, and, and in all of this, um, it's made conspicuous or seen clearly because it's excellent. As a leader, you want your excellence to show more than it's said. Anyone can say they're excellent, but excellence is better shown. Daniel distinguished himself because he was a man of excellence. He was a distinguished leader. And the reality is, is I want every person connected to me. If you're a Harvest Fellowship pastor, if you're a part of our church, anyway, I want everybody uh, that's connected to me in any way, shape, form, or fashion to know uh, and to be a person of excellence. I got confirmation Eddie was in it. That's great. Um, to be a person of excellence. Excellence is God's fingerprint. It's evidence of God's involvement. 
But excellence is the state or quality of excelling. Excellence doesn't mean you always have the best. It means that you treat like what you have like it is the best. Everyone, hear me, leader, everyone is always watching you no matter where you are. When you're a leader, everywhere you go, people watch you. I've tried to have, be incognito, and maybe people know I'm misinformed or don't, but it doesn't matter whether they do or don't. Everywhere I go, and this is a little truthful statement. If you've ever, anyone that ever goes somewhere with me knows that this happens. People will always stop me, say something to me, oh, wow, who are you, what do you do, this, that, and the other, because it is a spirit that I take everywhere I go. And it's a spirit as a leader you want to take everywhere you go. Everybody's always watching no matter where you are. They may not know you're the CEO. They may not know you're a pastor. They may not know that you're a leader at the church. But everybody's always watching no matter where you are. And excellence opens up opportunity for you. And when you look at this, the Bible says that it's a spirit. So it's, we've talked about it. It's a mindset. Excellence sets its mind to always excelling, which means if it's not done right, I'm going to make it right. If it's not the best, I'm going to get it to the best. See, excellence isn't perfection. Some people are in pursuit of perfection, and so they consistently beat themselves down because they're in pursuit of something that's not obtainable. Excellence, however, is obtainable. See, excellence really boils down to stewardship. And the question of stewardship, stewardship is management. The real question of stewardship is can you be trusted with something? And so maybe there's some prayers that God hasn't answered for you as a leader because of the kind of steward you currently are with what you have. See, if you're asking God to give you additional finances for your church, but you mismanage what you have, maybe it's, it's not because God doesn't want to answer your prayer. Maybe it's because if he answered that prayer, it wouldn't accomplish your goal. What do you mean, Bishop? Well, the purpose of you praying for extra finances was maybe because you wanted to buy a building or you wanted to buy a van for the church or you wanted to reach more people through digital mediums or what have you. So you prayed for that. But, but, but in that, you said, Lord, give us more money for this. But if he, watch this, what I'm saying. If he gives you more money, but you're a bad steward, more money isn't actually the answer to your prayer because you're not going to properly use it to accomplish your goal. Did you catch that? So sometimes there are things that don't happen for you uh, as it relates to your prayers because God looks at the kind of steward, the kind of manager, the kind of leader you currently are and says, right now, based on how you steward this, maybe you're not ready for that because that's not the answer to your prayer. If I gave you more money, you would misspend it, you would misbudget it, you would misuse it too. See, here's the truth, leaders. We have to excel where we are and what we're doing before we desire more. We live in a time and place where everybody wants more, right? I remember that TV commercial where in the TV commercial it says, we want more, we want more, we want more, the little, the little girl was saying. And we live in a time now where everybody wants more. Everybody wants pay raises, everybody wants increase, everybody wants overflow. But here's my question. Are you excelling with what you have? Pastor, I know you want 100 people, but are you excelling with 10? I know you want 10,000. Are you excelling with 1,000? I know you want a million bucks. Are you excelling with 100 bucks? Are you properly managing what you have? Because if you're not, guess what, leaders? This is our opportunity for growth. You are a distinguished leader. I know this may sound kind of crazy, but I want you to say it with me right now. I am a distinguished leader. Say it with me. Everybody, let's say it together. I am a distinguished leader. See, you need to hear yourself say that so that you can begin now seeing what you say. See, in our culture, 
Most of us are not taught how to win the battle of excellence because we tolerate average, we tolerate excuse-making, we tolerate mediocrity that is less than the name of the great God that we serve. And we often love, especially in church, we love to talk about God's grace. You know, grace is when God does something awesome and great for us that we don't deserve. But his grace should not be a license to lack. His grace should not be a license to lack excellence. His grace should not be a license to do things in a mediocre, sloppy, half-put-together way. See, mediocrity is less than the name of the great God that we serve. We love his grace, but his grace should cause us to strive to be excellent. We don't like to tolerate a lack of excellence in some areas. Uh, 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 what do you mean? Bishop Benji just say that? Well, we do tolerate average excuse-making excuse mediocrity from ourselves and sometimes from others. But think about it. At a restaurant, if a restaurant brought you what looked like slop on a plate and said that's 100 bucks, you'd probably say, look at this. This doesn't look good. I, I, I'm not paying for this. But think about it. Do we give that? We wouldn't want to pay for that, but do we give that? Is that what we serve out? Is that what we give to others? Is that what we give to church? Is that what we give to our business? Is that what we give to other people? See, we don't like to tolerate it when it's given to us, so we should not tolerate average excuse-making and mediocrity from ourselves. Daniel was excellent, as we've discussed, because his name meant God is my judge. So embedded in his name, what I already teach you is his nature. So Daniel was always striving to present his best before God, and it bled into every area of his life because Daniel's mentality was like this, leaders. Daniel was like, God sees me. I don't care that you didn't see me. I don't care that my mama didn't see me, my daddy didn't see me, my cousin didn't see me. I don't even care that the boss didn't see me. God sees me. See, excellence boils down to God sees me. You know, sometimes I have an evening ritual where, that, I, uh, that I do that I've done now. I've lost 95 pounds now, and um, in the last uh, few years, I lost the first 75 in about four months, uh, starting in 2013. We were doing a 21-day Daniel fast, and at the end of it, I watched this documentary that talked about a lot of the food I ate. And I realized a lot of the food I was eating wasn't food. It was, it was chemicals. It, was, it wasn't food. So overnight, cold turkey, I stopped eating certain types of food. I stopped eating after 6 o'clock because... Uh, for most people, it takes about two hours for, uh, or more for your food to break down. And they say once you eat, you know, stay up for at least two hours. And then your body spends all night trying to break down what you ate. So you're not really resting because your body is working trying to uh, um, metabolize and process what you just ate. So uh, I decided 6 o'clock was the right time for me to stop eating because I didn't want my body working overnight. This is why some people, you eat late and you wake up tired. You wake up tired because all night your body didn't actually rest. Your body was busy trying to digest what you fed it at 10 o'clock, and then you lay down and went to sleep at 10.30. I digress. Um, and uh, I started this nightly routine uh, years ago, and it is where I do uh, this particular exercise every single night, and I do a certain amount every single night. And when I travel, because that particular piece of exercise equipment is too big to go with me, and in most gyms, you know, where you travel, they don't have it. So I do it every night. And when I do this every night, um, sometimes I'm, uh, I was tempted, not really anymore, but I was tempted to say, well, you know what? Do I really need to do that number? You know, if I just do this number, you know, it's no big deal. But when you're a person of excellence, here's, here's the response I would have whenever my mind would say that. I'd say, but I know I didn't do it all. So because I know I didn't do it all, 
that's not acceptable. So when I travel, I may be going, so this is another reason why when I travel, I like my trips to be real quick because I don't like to fall behind on my exercise because then I've got to come back home and make it up. And so, you know, so if I'm gone for three, four days, well, then that's, you know, that's, that's each of those nights has to be made up for. I don't get to skip those nights because I have decided that to be a person of excellence, that I've got to not only realize that God sees me, but I know I didn't do it. So if I know it's not excellent, it's not acceptable. Let me speak to every pastor and executive. If you know things are happening in your organization that aren't excellent, watch this. It not being excellent is the fault of the person that's doing it. Once you know and it's still not fixed, it's your fault and rests on you. And, uh, and so excellence really boils down to I'm going to present my best all the time. And so as a leader, think about this. How do you do that in your dress, in your speech, in your follow-up? And you're, it, let's get real practical, especially because Christians like to talk deep spiritual stuff, but let's be practical. In, in, in the way you write your emails, in the way you respond to texts, in the way you spell, in the way you speak, in the way you walk, in the way you smell, in the way you dress, there is something significant. And anybody connected to me, I want you to get these principles. This is very serious for me. Excellence is the name of the game. People see you before they hear you. So if they don't like what they see, they're not going to hear what you say. And a lack, of, a lack of excellence really comes from what I like to call a vitamin C deficiency, a vitamin C deficiency. And the truth is, we all have areas, myself included, where we need to ask God for grace. Grace is an empowerment. Grace to not just talk about it, but be about it as it relates to excellence. So I want you right now in the middle of this leadership talk, in the middle of this leadership podcast, in the middle of this leadership call, to pray this prayer with me before I give you the vitamin C deficiency. And here's the prayer. Just say it with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, give me the grace to be a distinguished leader, a person of excellence in everything I do. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's the three C's. First, excellent character. Reputation is who people think you are. Character is who you really are. Most people know your rep. You know your character. Most people know your rep. You know your character. You know your character. All right? Um, most people know your reputation, but character is who you really are. An excellent character requires a commitment to truth. Liars always lose. Tell the truth. The appearance of a lie will cancel out all of your effort. Have you ever listened to something somebody said and said, that ah, kind of sounds, that doesn't sound true. That doesn't sound right. The appearance of a lie can cancel your effort. Liars always lose. Excellent character, that's who you really are, requires a commitment to truth. It just means I'm going to tell the truth even if that truth comes with a risk, a risk. The risk might be, you know what, um, I mean, might get fired, might get terminated, might, might, um, might not have another opportunity. You might not be able to uh, proceed with that particular business partnership. It may come with a risk, but the truth is excellent character. You know, sometimes, you know, we can misspeak. We all sometimes um, say things, and we say things very quickly, and we can misspeak. person with excellent character, the moment they realize it, they don't leave it out there. They will pick up the phone and call and fix it. I can't tell you the number of times I've had a call, and maybe, what, maybe I misspoke, or maybe I just wasn't very clear about something, and I'd pick up the phone maybe hours, days, even weeks later when I realized, hmm, maybe that wasn't clear. Maybe that didn't come out the right way to go back and fix it. When you're a distinguished leader, you want to make sure that you're committed to truth. Here's the second C, excellent communication. 
in your communication. Communication, um, for many people, many people think they're great communicators, and they're not. Communication is only effective if who you're trying to communicate to understands you. Okay? It's only effective if who you're trying to communicate to understands you. So if I was to talk the way I'm speaking to you leaders, if I was to walk into a Harvest Kids class, um, the, 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 the uh, junior class, which is, uh, I believe, ages uh, like uh, five to six or something like this, or three to six or something like that, um, if I was to go and talk to them and say, you know, now here's the truth. At Harvest, our kids are taught really well, so I could probably have this conversation with them because our kids are taught very well. Um, they're taught the same thing on their level that's being taught in the auditorium. But if I was to um, go in to talk to them um, and use vocabulary they didn't understand and words they didn't understand, um, you could say, oh, wow, I did a great job communicating. No, not really, because who you needed to understand you didn't. I needed them to understand me, so I can't use... Uh, words like vociferous and can't use uh, words that are multi multifaceted in meaning and require context clues for interpretation and require you know an erudite level of uh, intellectual prowess right I can't do that instead I got to hold up a stapler and say hey listen and when you're a leader um, sometimes you don't need to use a nail sometimes you need to use a stapler got it because that's going to make the wall look excellent okay that's probably not the best analogy but you catch my point right. Communication is only effective if who you're communicating to understands you. So the goal of every leader is to figure out who's my audience and how do I communicate to them in an excellent way. How are they going to understand it? When I study the scriptures, I love the Hebrew and the Greek because there's so many more. When you go from Hebrew to English, on average, you lose about three words. When you go from Greek to English, on average, you lose about two words. On average, right? In some word definitions, it's way more than that. If you've ever looked up a word in Hebrew or Greek, you see the tons of definitions that they have. So typically it's more than that. But, got it? I like that. I realize most people aren't studying Hebrew and Greek. So when I'm preaching, I may give it, and I give it for those who need me, but I also realize that I may be speaking to an audience that's not even there. They're not even studying that. You know, they, they ain't worried about Hebrew or Greek. They're still figuring English out. Right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Got it? I just need to be mindful of that because I can say, didn't I do a good job communicating? Well, it wasn't excellent because who I was communicating with didn't get it, didn't understand it. So that's one. Make sure you understand your audience when you're communicating. That's excellence. Daniel understood this. He understood his audience. Um, he understood who he was speaking to. Daniel knew he was, he was ultimately pleasing God. Then he understood, it's my job to please the king. We live in a generation of people now where many people – don't get the second thing. They don't get that if you're on a job, it's your job to please your boss. If you work for somebody, it's your job. You serve at their pleasure. You know, the Bible says in Timothy, pleasing who enlisted you. Paul was telling Timothy, it's your responsibility, son, to please me. I enlisted you, Timothy, my spiritual son. It's your responsibility to please me. And we live in a generation where many people don't understand that. Many people think that it's about them being pleased and, you know, about them, you know, living their truth and all of that. And all of that is a bunch of malarkey, to be quite frank with you. The truth is, is if you are serving someone, it is your responsibility to please who you serve. And so because Daniel did that, Daniel understood his audience. So Daniel made sure that his leadership was always aware of what he was doing. 
So when they would try to come in and find traps and find issues for Daniel, they could never find anything with them. They could throw him in a lion's den. He was good. They could, uh, you know, they could throw his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They could throw them in a fire furnace, and they were good. Why? Because they were distinguished leaders. They understood who their audience was. In addition to that, one of the other things that can help you with your communication being excellent leaders, and i got one more seat for you and we're done, is the power of an apology. One of the things people of excellence do is they realize they don't get everything right all the time. You and I are, listen to me, are never going to get everything right. But when you are a person of excellence and a distinguished leader, you realize the power of an apology. Accept responsibility when a mistake is made and then state how you're going to fix it. This is so important because, again, in today's culture, most people are very arrogant, very prideful, very filled with a lot of hubris. So the thought of apologizing is as well, well, you know, well, instead of apologizing, we want to assert why we did it wrong. We want to assert our failure. We want to assert why we didn't do it the way we were supposed to. And that's not a person of excellence. A person of excellence realizes, you know, if I did something wrong, I need to apologize and accept responsibility for it, period. And how am I going to fix it? That's what people of excellence do. If you're going to communicate with excellence, you've got to realize your audience, and then you've got to realize the power of an apology. Apologies are very important because they free up the flow of communication with people. Sometimes people can't hear from you because they have an ought against you or with you. And as a leader, sometimes if you messed it up, you say, you know what, I apologize for that. I didn't get that right. But leaders, you also need to hold those that you lead accountable to say, wait a minute, okay, you need to apologize for what you did. You've got to check people. Where, you know, there's a saying we have in the South that wherever you show out, that's where you get showed out. In other words, if you show out in front of people, you're going to get showed out in front of people. That's a very, very important principle. Here's the last thing for excellence. Impo- excellent conduct. Excellent conduct. OMG. This one is so, 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 so important. Self-respect demands respect. I'm going to say it again. Self-respect demands respect. Uh, be clean. Be neat. Make a good first impression. Don't say stupid things like this, leaders. And you said there's no such thing as a stupid question or a stupid statement. Yes, there is. There's lots of stupid statements, and there's lots of stupid questions. A stupid question is the question uh, that has already been answered, and you just ask it again to see if the answer will change. Um, listen, don't say things like this, leaders. That's just how I am. When you say that, you are preventing further growth, you're preventing further evolution. And as a leader of excellence, and that's who you are, you don't want to say anything that's going to prevent your evolution or your growth. So don't say things like, that's just I am. That's not excellent conduct from a leader. Oh, that's, I've been like this for years. Oh, evolve, change. You know, one of the things that blessed me yesterday, yesterday evening we had a leadership training here uh, at Harvest at our Aurora location in Metro Denver. And the leaders, at the end of that time, I had every leader go to, I believe, 10 people and to um, give them a compliment and tell them one thing that they admired about them in that compliment. And um, I, interestingly enough, of course, I talked away more than 10. And, uh, and in that, when some, uh, a few came up to me, they said something that was very interesting. They said, you know, they said, we can see your evolution. And they said, my compliment to you is that you keep evolving. You evolve very quickly to see your evolution um, is, 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 is incredible. And what that showed me as a leader, now some leaders would hear that and get kind of, what are you trying to say? I'm evolving and growing. I took that in a very positive way because as a leader, it's my job to constantly evolve, and I can't say things like, that's just how I am. No, I've got to evolve. 
uh, to evolve is to go from the inferior to the superior, and that's the kind of leader you want to be. So when you say things like, that's just how I am, that's not the conduct of someone of excellence, because a person of excellence realizes they, they have to evolve. With conduct comes your attitude. With conduct comes your attitude. So as a person of excellence and a leader of excellence, you can either have a defeated attitude, oh, I don't know how that's going to work, you know, I don't like people that I see as obstacles. People who tell me why something can't be done, I see as obstacles, and they get in my way. And I don't like when people get in my way. Um, I have a philosophy. You get in my way, you're going to get run over. So the best thing for you to do is to get out of my way unless you want this bus on top of you because it's coming. It's coming whether you like it or not. So the best thing for you to do is to move and get out of the way because I have a mentality, I'm going to get it done. And last night in that leadership training, I wore a shirt. Um, last year, our, our theme was, it's my banner year. Banner just means my best year. Yeah, a banner just means best. In business, you said we had a banner year. It just means one of your best years. And on the shirt, there was a pin stain, and I knew it. Actually, I, I, you know, I was responsible for this thing. There was a pin stain, you know, where a, a pin would write, and it was on the shirt. And I saw that. And when I saw that, uh, what was so significant and interesting is I put the shirt on on purpose. And I used it as a visual. And I said to everyone, I said, listen, even though the shirt's not perfect, it's still moving. Even Because what was on the shirt was the bus. I said, even though the bus isn't perfect, it's still moving. And as a leader, you have to have the attitude that I'm going to keep moving, I'm going to keep progressing, I'm going to keep evolving, I'm going to keep excelling, even if it ain't perfect. I can either be defeated or I can have a let's get it done, watch this, a let's get it done well. may not be perfect but it will be excellent. I'm going to take what I have and do the best with what I have. Things that lack excellence, this is the last point I want to give you, leaders, only exist because they're approved by people who just want to get by. As a leader, you have got to abandon a survival. Listen to me, leaders. You have got to abandon the survival mentality. You were born to rule, reign, conquer, and to subdue, not to be ran over, ran down, and just survive. Philippians 1, 9 through 10, he says this, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Verse 10, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. Here's all I wanted to get to. That you may approve the things that are excellent. Here's my challenge to you leaders. I gave you one challenge earlier, one, which is to know what's in your name. Here's my second challenge to you. What have you been approving that you need to revoke that approval and say declined? I'm not tolerating that another day of my life. What do you need to say? I'm declining that. That's not acceptable anymore. I'm not putting up with that anymore. And start with you. As a leader of excellence, before you start fixing your organization, fix you. Because a lot of what's – I was at a chiropractor today, and I, not, I don't have any pain there is no, uh, I've not been in a you know, car accident that's had any type of pain that I'm aware of um, that, uh, you know, that was on, on, uh, on, on set because of that. Uh, I just had never been, and I said, you know what, I just want to make sure I'm in alignment. I said, because, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, sleeping and, you know, popping your neck and things like that. I said, I just want to make sure I'm in alignment. And so I said, I just want to know to make sure. You know, one of the things that people of excellence do is we don't wait until there's a problem. We're preventative. And so I just said, I just want to go. So I went, and they did this test, and um, they did it on my back. 
and all of that, and uh, right on the spine and all of that. And when they did that, um, they said, if it's one of three colors, and she said, and, and I'm going to wrap up to talk with this. She said, she says, uh, the um, vertebra right under your brain, where the brain sits, she says, if that is out of alignment, she says, um, you can have global effects, she's, and I quote, through the body. She says, if there's anything, she says, think of it this way. If there's any problem with a signal getting from your brain through the nerves, down your spinal cord, into any other area of your body, she says, you can have some things that you may think are normal because you've always dealt with it. Watch this, leaders, because you've always dealt with it because it's always been that way. But it's because there's a blockage. There's a blockage in the signal from getting from your brain down to that part of your spinal cord, which then sends out the nerve uh, signals throughout the rest of your body. And so once he said that, I thought, oh, my God, there's a whole message here. Because if there is a blockage in the message from the top down to the bottom, if there's some kind of impediment to that message, she says, the way we know it, she says, is because your nerves, as your nerves are speaking to one another, they give off heat. She says, well, if there's any area that comes up on our scan that's cold, she says, that's how we'll know that the message isn't clear. My goodness, I'm talking, leaders. If something's cold, if something's not hot, if something's not working right, it's because the message isn't getting to it. And as a leader in your organization, any area that's not growing, any area that's not functioning, any area that's not producing, it's not getting the signal. That's why it's cold. Any area of your life that's not producing, it's not getting the signal, so it's cold. So you can be saying every day, I'm a person of excellence. You can think it. You can put up signs that say excellent. But if that signal isn't getting into every part of you, there's going to be areas of your life that are lacking excellence. So my challenge to you is to start with you. One, you need to know what your name means. Number two, because your name, embedded in your name is your nature. Number two is to go and look at things in your personal life in you, your life, that are not excellent that you need to change? Are you late everywhere? Uh, are you constantly rushing? Do you, are you constantly having to make up excuses for why something isn't done? Are you, are you satisfied with your physical fitness? Um, do you want to lose weight? Do you want to gain weight? Skinny doesn't mean healthy. Do you want to gain weight? Uh, are you satisfied uh, with uh, uh, your hygiene? Are you satisfied with the way your hair looks? And you said, Bishop, these are really small things. These things don't matter. See, only people of excellence don't think that way. When you're a person of excellence, details matter. When you're a leader of excellence, details matter. The reason that Ruth Chris can charge hundreds of dollars for the same type of meat, and when I say type, you know, I know you have different cuts, obviously, and then you have different grades of cuts. But, you know, yeah, sirloin, she's selling a sirloin, and Outback selling a sirloin. And this is no endorsement for either business. I'm just making a contrast. Why does Outback charge, you know, 11, 12, 13 bucks for their steak and Ruth's Chris can charge much more for their steak? And you're dealing in many instances the same cut. The reason is because the details, the butter, the way it sizzles, the way it's cooked, the seasoning, the way it's prepared, the way the table's set, the way they serve you, the way they bring you the bread, the way they scrape your table after you eat some. Does Outback do that? No. The details, watch this, create, I'm going to help you leaders, dividends, payback. When you're a person that's 
uh, uh, I don't want to use the term obsessed. When you're a person that's fixated on being excellent in the details, then you can increase your dividends. Some leaders, you have, you expect Rolls-Royce dividends, but you have, you know, not that details. And I, I'm using too many brands. I don't want to use a bunch of brands here, but I'm just trying to make a contrast so you get it. Let me say it this way. You have millionaire dividend expectations, but you have five buck an hour detail. You have multi-million dreams, but you have five buck an hour attention to detail. My challenge to you is to look in your life and see what areas need to be adjusted where you need to stop approving some things. And start with three. Leaders, start with three. If you get more than three, you're going to get overwhelmed and you won't do it all, anything at all. Start with three. What areas need to improve as it relates to your excellence? One of the things I'll tell you for me is people who have been around me for a while, uh, I sometimes expect that they know what I mean. So one of the things that I'm committed to improving in my excellence is even if I think somebody should know what I mean, to make sure I clearly articulate it so that there is no room for ambiguity. That's one of the things for me. Hey, I'm curious to hear yours. Do me a favor. Uh, after this talk today on the call, this will be available on the Bishop Foreman Leadership Podcast, so you can get your hands on that. You can search it on uh, iTunes and the other, there's some other channels, iHeart and other things. You can avail yourself too. Do me a favor. Share the podcast and like it. If you were blessed by tonight's leadership call, because that's when this uh, teaching is often recorded, if you were blessed by it, do me a favor. Tell somebody else about it. Invite them to connect with us. And again, if you're a pastor, business on, uh, owner, entrepreneur, executive, you want to be connected to the Harvest Fellowship of Churches, We'd love for you to do that. Uh, as of the time of this recording, you can just text HFC to 59769, and you can get details on how to be connected to us. Make sure you get the Harvest Mobile app. You can get all things Harvest and Bishop Foreman at harvestchurch.church or bishopforeman.com. Again, such a pleasure to be on with you tonight. It's our uh, second Monday call, and it's such a pleasure to be uh, on with you tonight. Again, when you come in, the lines always meet it so we can get right to business and get right to the things that we need to do. We've got some exciting events coming up, so make sure you stay connected with us as we continue to empower churches to change regions and seize the harvest. I want to pray for you before we go. Father, I thank you for this incredible, distinguished leader. That's who they are. And I thank you for them. I speak life into them, strength into them, and excellence into them. I pray that they take this teaching tonight and they go implement it right away. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you're blessed by harvest, I encourage you to sow. You've got to sow in to the anointing you want to receive from. So I encourage you to sow, and you can do that at harvestchurch.church too. Of course, our fellowship pastors, thank you for your faithful giving. It helps us to continue to change lives across America and around the world and bring things like this to you. While the gospel is free uh, and the principles uh, are free, the means to get it to people does have a cost. So we thank you for your faithfulness and your giving to help us change lives across America and around the world. Have a great night, everybody. Until next time, stay connected. And uh, remember, some we say at Harvest all the time. Love God, love people, love life. Shalom. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Wells Fargo presents one of the surest ways to grow your money. A Wells Fargo CD account where you can earn a 5.00% annual percentage yield on an 11-month term with a minimum opening deposit of $5,000. Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash CD rates to open a CD account and start growing your savings with us. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC.